Hey, it's Siora. I'm back, but not for your Broccoli Weekly just yet. I've actually got a brand new show launching on January the 7th called Broccoli Book Club, a podcast which encourages us all to read, learn and expand our understanding of society today. Each month, I'll be analysing timely and thought-provoking books with some very exciting guests. And as a bonus, I'll also be interviewing the authors of the books we read. The great thing is, you can join in by sending in your thoughts and comments via voice notes. Don't forget to subscribe to Broccoli Book Club on your favourite podcast platform. When she started to articulate what she was feeling, I sort of felt this relief because I remember the people that came to visit me after I gave birth and them, them seeming very empathic and very concerned about me. Like maybe I just got lucky, but the idea that when she said, I can't remember what she said now, but you know, something like, I don't feel right. Or when she answered their questions on a, you know, how are you feeling? I thought the minute she said anything remotely like she'd been struggling, they'd be on it. And when they said, well, we don't want to rush to diagnose depression or it's a bit soon for that that really took me aback yeah. and that just shows how naive I am I really like sorry to interrupt but like I just really agree with that part because I remember when she was talking to a professional I can't remember who exactly it was and they'd be like how are you feeling and she'd be like I'm not feeling good or say that you know I don't feel right and then they say do you feel suicidal and she'll say no Obviously, in her head, she says yes. But actually, why weren't they prodding a bit more? You know, well, what doesn't feel right? Can you explain to us what thoughts you're having? And it just seems that as soon as you say, well, I'm not feeling suicidal, well, okay, it's, it's not an emergency then. Therefore, we don't need to deal with it. But um, how much is this normalised that health professionals don't inquire further? And the idea of the baby blues and, you know, it's, it's almost like the doctors are trying to save her from some kind of quote, embarrassing diagnosis. And she gets so bad before anything happens. Yeah, all of that stuff was probably the scariest aspect of the whole thing for me. The idea that you're people who are there to look after. Suicide watch. Like, she was... She was in the worst place she could be. And you do start thinking that she was failed at so many levels. And, you know, they were very lucky. And Laura says that they were very lucky to get sort of private health care. They were in an institution that was privately funded by them. But so many people won't have that chance and so many people wouldn't have been able to have those extra sort of steps to help her get through it. And it just made me so worried about someone else who might be less privileged in many ways who could seek out that kind of help. It is terrifying. It was a terrifying read from the point of view of just watching somebody literally page by page fall apart. We can see it. We can see what's going on. But it's clearly been... It's hidden or just out of sight of those who are in the best position to actually help. So I guess finally, I just wanted to know if you were prompted to do any of your own research while reading this book. You know, if so, what kind of things did you look into? I personally, as I said, I was really interested to see if it was just something that mothers experience or whether, you know, postnatal depression and psychosis can be also in fathers or just in parents in general. That's the kind of research that I did. And I found that that is the case. And, and I really would like to hear experiences of that as well. You know, later down the line, I definitely want to look into that. What about both of you? I wanted to, I wanted to go and Google all sorts of things. But to be honest, the power of her own narrative, the power of her storytelling was something that I just thought, well, actually, this is what I need. And as much as possible, I was trying my hardest. I didn't actually read it, Dior, 
all the way through that middle section unflinchingly. I had to have breaks because it was at times just overwhelming. And then you get the kind of benefit towards the end where she actually gives you pretty much everything that you need, you know, in terms of where to go for help, definitions of certain things. Again, it's mixed in with personal stuff that she found useful and other things that she didn't find useful. The research that I needed was all here and it was all in from her. In the back her. of the book, exactly. Well, it, not just in the back of the book, but the research that I needed was just her telling me. It was just sitting, literally, I felt as if I was sitting at her mm -hmm. feet and she was just telling me. And Freddie, how about you? I guess when I finished the book, I felt pretty exhausted and had a lot to process and I actually didn't get all the way through the notes at the back I stopped about halfway through because I, I just wanted to sit with the story and the experience that I felt like I'd shared with her you know in a very intense way as intense as you can do in a book and I felt like there were some things that I took from the book that she wanted to convey that really you know I wanted them to kind of settle and embed in my mind like I love the way she talks about this idea of floating floating past things that scare you not fighting but just floating like I genuinely think that's an idea that I'm going to carry forward in my life in general and I thought the way that she at the end she does share I don't know whether we well no it's not really a spoiler <laughs> the one the one person it seems who picks up on what she's going through without even having to be told is this neighbor of hers right who early on in the book sends her a text message to say you know if she needs any if she needs to talk if she needs any help then and she's there, this neighbour of hers is there, and, and she can kind of see something in her eyes that suggests that there's something the matter that's also something that this neighbour went through. And she shares the actual text of that message right at the end of the book. And I found that really interesting to know, because I think especially in, this society, in, in Britain, we can be quite bad at putting our hearts on our sleeves and putting ourselves out there. And you might feel, if you, if you can see someone really struggling in a way that you think really resonates with your own experience, you can feel, you know, oh, I don't want to overstep. I don't want to intrude. But really, like, that act of reaching out is like a shining light in a sea of, like, misunderstanding and miscommunication. So I felt like that was just a really useful thing to include and then to emphasise at the end as if to say, yeah, do send that message. You don't have to pick up the phone because, <laughs> you know, that's probably overwhelming, but do reach out do just let that person know that you're there. And even if they don't act on it, just knowing, you know, that that might be something that kind of stays with them and gives them hope. I kind of felt like, what else? You know, unless I go through this myself, I'm not sure there's anything else I really need to know. I'm just so, like you said, Tony, so grateful to have been able to share this experience of hers, of her to be so generous in going into such detail, but also writing such a kind of a narrative that just drives forward. Like I think the way we've talked about it, it can make it sound really heavy and really dark. And, and at times it is, but it never stays that way for long. Like before you know it, you're on to the next thing. And the way she like focuses on her perspective. Also, I just found like a good decision in terms of, of the writing and the editing of the book. I thought, you know, otherwise it would have just become too complicated. So you're kind of drawn in. Yeah, I, I just thought, yeah. But do you think that what she was doing freddie was in a way discarding the language that you in particular found so off-putting at the beginning do you think that actually what she was doing was drilling down and down and down 
to get to the core of the human experience. Do you think that was what it was that kind of pulled you back in? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that was necessarily conscious, but it just goes to show that what gets lost in this whole conversation about language and political correctness and all this sort of stuff is it it's as if we're being asked to do something new and strange and unfamiliar. And actually all we're ask all we're being asked to do is to talk about people as individuals. <laughs> 